listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Good afternoon and welcome to Unscripted, the film show. Uh, You're joined by uh, Celia, uh, that's me, and Rachel across from me. Hello, Rachel. Is it? Yes. You sound different. Sometimes I feel like um, we sound so much the same that like when I'm listening to our podcast that I feel like I I need to... um, make myself sound different to you. Do you ever <laughs> listen to it and think, is that me or? Yeah, I have before. I've gone, oh, gee, we do sound very similar. So I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It, it's hard for listeners because I know there's there's podcasts I listen to where yeah. it's got two people on it that sound very similar. Yeah. And like, is is that this person or that person? And it's very confusing. And then every time I think, okay, I've got it. That's Lucy. And I'm like, no, that's Kenyon. And I guess if we're having trouble... Mm-hmm. then no doubt listeners will be having trouble. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, I generally talk faster. Does that help at all? <laughs> um, I don't know. But anyway, we've actually got quite uh, a few things to talk about today. Um, a few I movies stole the run review. list from you. You Sorry, did, but that's did. okay because you'll need it in a moment anyway. Uh, we've got some giveaways uh, here to send out, so I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, Cecilia has The Painter and the Thief, The Last Vermeer and Godzilla versus Kong to review tonight. So. Godzilla. You've, you've got the lion's share here of, of things to talk about. I've only seen one movie this week uh, and that was Tom and Jerry. Saw that with um, saw that with Bryce. So, But I have been watching a few things um, that I can talk about. I might start off the show just to let people know that we've got giveaways to Supernova. It is a movie starring Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci as a couple who are travelling around um, basically Stanley Coochie. Uh, Stanley Tucci's character um, is suffering from early onset dementia and they've decided to go on a bit of a, a road trip, I think, um, before things really take hold. So it's kind of a love story um, and a sad story. So I've not seen it yet. Um, I get to see it this weekend. And Arda, has, who's just left the building, literally, I'm watching her walk out um, <laughs> on the cameras, that's not weird at all, uh, has <laughs> saw it at the Perth Festival and said it was amazing. Uh, obviously, there are tender moments in it and um, some sad moments. But um, I, I was reading up that initially Stanley Tucci got the... Um, got the script and he couldn't think of anyone better to work alongside as his partner as Colin Firth because they have quite a good friendship apparently. Um, but initially the the roles were swapped and one day they were just doing a bit of a read-through with the director and they said, how do you feel about us swapping roles? <laughs> so, wow. so that's what happened, um, which is kind of cool. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that on the weekend. I'll, I'll bring some tissues with me. But I will be putting it up on our socials, Instagram and Facebook, uh, Facebook later on tonight. Um, and you can send a personal message or direct message, whichever you're on, whatever platform you're on with your address, and I'll get them posted out. Uh, we will try to also announce our number so that when we're playing our sponsors later on today, you can give us a call. It's 94942100. And I'll try and mention that a little bit closer to uh, the time, just in case there are some people who would prefer to call in who aren't on social media because social media is evil. <laughs> well, you know, it's a necessary some people, evil, unfortunately. It, it is. You're absolutely right. So, mm. um, yeah, it would be great if we had a little text hotline that we could put on the show as well. And that would get, be good. Get people to like text in throughout the show. Uh, yeah, I'm not willing to give my text fu- my phone am number I. out, I don't think. Neither am I. I just wish that Radio Fremantle had maybe mm. one that they could have uh, in the studio so we could ask listeners, you know, things as we, we go on and get their thoughts. But uh, I think we have a Gentleman of Pop Culture email address. Um, I should probably research that and <laughs> find out what it is. So that we can mm. just direct people there and as then well. we can just get emails there. But um 
Yeah, Next well, week we'll very... have that for you. <laughs> Don't promise anything. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have. We're useless at stuff like that. We but really anyway, um, today I finished Ted Lasso, which is showing on Apple TV. Last week I talked about liking it but not being 100% sure on the characters. Um I have now finished it and I thoroughly enjoyed it from start to finish um, and there are some characters that I think I, I'm really glad they took them the direction that they did and it's kind of nice to see some nice people on screen. You don't always get that. You've, you get conflict. Like there is conflict in the TV series obviously but um, – there's also some nice stuff as well and I feel sometimes you watch a TV show and they throw conflict in just to keep the conflict going because mm. it makes it interesting but you want it to resolve. So, um, But if you've been hiding under a rock, this is Jason Sudeikis's, um it, it is Jason Sudeikis, isn't it? Because I get him and Ed Helm so mixed do up. I. I know it's yes. not Ed Helm. I it, know. Is, it is Jason Sudeikis. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yes, I had to think though too because I get him confused with, with Ed Helms also mm-hmm. um, or someone else. No, I get Jason Bateman sometimes confused with Jason Sudeikis. They don't look alike, I but know. it's the name. It's the name. Him and Jason Helms, uh, Jason. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, anyway, doesn't matter. Um, he plays an American coach who gets hired to um, – coach a soccer team in England with the proviso that, well, he's been hired basically because um, the the lady in charge, Rebecca, is has gone through a terrible divorce and um, she gets to hold on to the soccer team. This is never really explained. It doesn't make sense at all, but it doesn't matter. And to get back at her ex-husband, she hires him thinking that uh, he's going to do a terrible job. So um, wanting the team to basically be terrible and her ex-husband will just be very upset about it. But anyway, um, it's very good. Uh, It's a comedy and there are dramatic moments and I did find myself tearing up at a few few moments as well. So it's really good and that's on Apple TV. Um, But I haven't really had a chance to watch too many things uh, this week because um, Chris and I have been binge watching the F1 docuseries Drive to Survive. Um, So I – Chris is really into Formula One and if you're from Perth – and you know anything about Formula One, you, you probably are a Daniel Ricciardo fan because he is from Perth. Um, and he's just, he's such a lovely person. He's really friendly and, but also professional and really smart. Um, I'm watching this series because I, I do get a little bit of enjoyment out of F1. But obviously I don't follow it like Chris does. But being able to watch this is almost like you're seeing the behind the scenes, all the politics that go on because there's only 10 teams. Mm. 10 teams, that's it, 20 drivers in the whole thing. So, you know, as a result there's a lot of um, backfighting and and even... <laughs> you don't know how to shut up when you're not wanted. <laughs> oh, Siri. Oh, Siri. Always disappointing me. But anyway, um, if you're not into F1 but you've enjoyed, like, movies that are about car races <laughs> just because they've been made well, you will enjoy this because every episode is if you've not, like, I don't have any idea who won every race this season. Um, but it is interesting because it goes through, like, them going into COVID and, the, you know, there's a bit of foreshadowing going on in the first couple of episodes because, you know, Daniel Ricciardo, it is, like, it was in February 2020, she, he's talking to his mum on the phone on speaker and she's like, are you wearing masks or what? And he's like, oh, you know, I'll just drink some Corona and I'll be all right. Like... It's it, I'm like, oh, God, they have no idea what's going to happen. So um, that's on Netflix and I am actually really loving it. So Are you on the first happening. season of that one? Because there's a few. No, there a couple of seasons? We're up to the third season. Oh, cool. There's no point going back and watching the first and second season right. really. Yeah. Um, but I am really enjoying it because I get to see everything um, for the first time, you know, like I'm having all of those same, those kind of reactions when there's a crash or, you know, little bits and pieces are happening. It's it's really, really entertaining, even if you're not into F1. Cool. So, 
Yeah, but that's what I've been doing. Shall we go forth with our first um, review, do you think? We shall. Do you feel in the mood to talk about, since we're talking about uh, docu-series, uh, perhaps talking about a, a documentary yeah, why not? Let's kick off with a film or documentary, I should say, called The Painter and the Thief. Uh, and this is something that's almost a little bit too bizarre to believe, almost. I, oh, had, I like that. Yeah, intriguing, isn't it? So it centres on uh, Czech artist Barbara Kilsakova is how I'm going to pronounce her name. But I I'm going to go done with very Barbara. Well. Barbara. Mm. The artist Barbara. Uh, now... After two of her paintings were stolen, she formed a unique bond with one of the thieves. So it begins with this surveillance footage of two thieves stealing the artwork uh, from a gallery in Oslo, Norway uh, in 2015. And she's quite desperate to to locate these works. They were in the vicinity of, you know, 20,000 euros Ooh, okay. each. Yeah. So for uh, for an artist who defines... She, she says that she's a struggling artist, but... Were they stolen from her home or from a, a gallery? Yeah, from a gallery. So okay. she had just had this uh, gallery viewing mm. and, and then about... That was still kind of in there and then taken. So, yeah, if, you know, for 20,000 you know, euros each... That's quite quite a lot. So she attends the court hearing to approach the criminals, one of them being Carl Birchall Nordland, and she asks to meet with him so she can make a portrait of him. So there kind of begins this really unlikely friendship between the two. And she does straight out ask him, where is the painting? Mm. And and he claims not to know. Uh, you know, apparently he was very high uh, on <laughs> drugs and things like that. So this documentary recounts the story from both perspectives. You get a really interesting insight into both their lives, uh, In in particularly in the case of Carl, he spends some time in prison and we see this remarkable transformation from someone who was clearly struggling with drug abuse issues and, and you know, doing these petty crimes and, and theft and things like that, who comes out with this desire to be a better person. And I think there's an interesting glimpse into the Norwegian prison system here as well. And they have one of the lowest reoffence rates in the world because of their commitment to um, rehabilitation. And mm. I think that's just something that a lot of countries need to look at. So that's an interesting side story. But it's such a captivating film. You can't help but feel that these two people meet for a reason. And their friendship is explored over a number of years too. Their ups and downs and how they kind of find each other and, and talk through those. So it's a really interesting friendship. And I'm not going to spoil the ending, but there is, uh, there is a happy ending. And... Um, but, yeah, it's a real – it's it's quite sad too to see, uh, I suppose, two people struggling mm. in life with their ups and downs too. But it's just such an interesting friendship that formed from this, this you know, this loss of this painting. Is it almost like they kind of had to make a documentary because you wouldn't believe it if it was a film? Yeah, I think so because I had never heard of this and, and yeah, I just started watching and I was like, wow, for someone to approach someone who's taken something of theirs and to blatantly ask them where it is but mm. then to form this friendship and to, to actually paint a portrait of this person and spend time and then, yeah, their friendship just grows from there. It, it's just phenomenal and there's a scene if you see the trailer to this film, there's a scene where uh, Barbara reveals the portrait to Carl for the first time and he's so emotional and mm. in tears about this, whether or not it's because he feels like maybe someone... Uh, this sounds a little cheesy, but maybe has seen him for the first time. I was literally <laughs> going to say that. But, I mean, it, it does... It's like, have you ever watched that Ando paints uh, things on, on ABC? He paints, like, famous people while interviewing them. Oh. And then turns around and he's got a very interesting um, style. It's all like slapping it on the on on thickly with with spatulas and you know <laughs> it's it's a very interesting way of painting. A lot of people um, make fun of the way he paints, but I I really like it. Mm. So yeah, you often have people having emotional moments. 
Yeah. And that gets revealed. I can't imagine what it would be like to, to see yourself uh, captured through someone else's eyes as well. So, mm. I think, you know, it must be an emotional thing if, if others feel quite If emotional. it's done well. Yeah. Not yeah. like, you know, the char- caricature. A caricature or something. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, thanks. I didn't realise that my nose looked exactly like a button, but actually I did. It's fine and I'll accept it. But, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, look, a really captivating uh, film. It's, uh, I think it's streaming on Hulu, uh, but it's also out in cinemas uh, March 25th. And, yeah, just just almost too too weird to believe. But, mm. uh, you know, I would love for them to do a follow-up as well just to see where these two people are in their lives and if their friendship is still, still there. But uh, who knows? I mean, I guess, yeah. It, very, very good. I'm going to score this uh, five... Wooden frames. Mm. There we go. Fair enough. Um, but now onto something slightly different. It's completely different, completely as as different. the um, as the Monty Python folks would say. Um, I I on the weekend went to see Tom and Jerry with uh, Bryce. So I initially was very hesitant about seeing this because I have an issue with uh, talking animals and animated animals interacting with um, real-life humans. Does that make sense? You know what yes, I mean, right? Yes, yep. um, so I was really concerned that I was going to absolutely hate this film and I'd just be sitting there wanting to pull my hair out and, <laughs> and remove my eyeballs. Um, but it was actually really good. And I think it's the first time, like I've, I've seen movies with Bryce before, but most of the time they've been films I've sort of wanted to see anyway, other than the Paw Patrol thing, which even he wanted to leave. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But everything else I've sort of wanted to see, like Toy Story and Frozen 2 and Smallfoot, you know, those kind of things. This is the first movie where I was like, you know, I've got a kid, I should probably start seeing these kid movies and, and reviewing them. And ultimately... I'm not reviewing them from an adult's point of view. They're not made for an adult. They're made for a child and there should be enough in there to keep the adult slightly entertained. And it's really hilarious to read some people's reviews. Like it's got it's got 5.2 on, um, on IMDb. I don't know what it's got on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, but you've got some people reviewing it and saying how terrible it is and I can't understand why anyone would see this. And, and then there's other people going, um, it's for kids, guys. Get over it. Uh, seriously. Um, so the basic story is it's it's got Chloe uh, Grace Morez playing Kayla. She's sort of um, is somebody who's moved to New York and is skipping between jobs and not really finding where she fits in. But she's also a little bit of a, a I guess, a grifter or a con. Con, con artist not really a con artist but um she does have a habit of going into a fancy hotel and um you know eating you know the the breakfast they sit out there that's really just for the hotel guests so she's trying to do her best to make her way in the city and it's hard in new york so um and then she she does go into this hotel and she just happens to find out that there is a a wedding happening that weekend uh, between um, Ben and Priya. They are like New York's um, it couple, I guess. Ooh. Yeah, played by Colin Jose and uh, Pallava Sh- uh, Shanda. And because of that, they are hiring an an extra events person uh so she finds this out and she steals someone's resume and applies for the job herself and she gets it obviously otherwise what would be the point of the story um but she's working with a guy called Terence, played by Michael Penner he is kind of her boss but not her boss boss but anyway while they're going through the preparations for this event they happen upon a mouse and it's not very good to have a mouse uh, in a really fancy hotel, especially not when there's going to be this massive wedding that a lot of people, it's going to be splashed all over the newspapers and everything. Um, and then she finds a cat uh, and she figures, let's hire the cat <laughs> to get rid of the ca- the mouse and, you know, it's, it's going to all work fine. Um, obviously the cat and the mouse are Tom and Jerry um, and you do see them 
uh, fighting with each other and and um, all the stuff you would normally see in a Tom and Jerry short, but then you've got it overlaid in into the the bigger arching story about this this pe- these people who are getting married and this hotel and and Michael Penner's playing Terence. He's he's just fantastic. He's so much fun. I love I love Michael Penner. Um, I think at you kind of got to think of it as from a kid's point of view and Bryce loved it. He thought it was hilarious. He was laughing a lot during the film. <laughs> I was laughing on the odd occasion and I did actually genuinely enjoy it, which I was genuinely surprised at. Um, and I think it's just because I had a different mindset when I walked in there um, and just saw it through a kid's eyes. So... I am going to give this, um, I was thinking about out of 10 for a second, then I was like, wait a minute, we don't do that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give this uh, three and a half military drones. Ooh. Um, yeah, and Bryce would have given it um, five um, pieces of cheese. Oh, I love that. So oh. if, if you've got kids, the holidays are coming up, it is definitely worth going and, and paying, putting your money down and, and watching it. You're not going to hate it. It's nice to see that Tom Unless and Jerry no soul. revived as well. Yeah, really? and they're, so they're going to revive a few of these Warner Brothers things. They've got Space Jam coming up as well, yeah. which I never watched. I was not one of the people who watched that film when I was younger, but I think they've got... Um, Oh my goodness! I've forgotten his name because I don't know American. I want to say I want to say Kendrick Lamar, but I feel like it's not Kendrick Lamar at all. And I also want to say Kobe Bryant. That might be correct. Let's have a look. But I'm concerned that that was the guy who died at the start of last year in Space the helicopter jam. Um, accident with his daughter. Space Jam. It keeps ringing up their 99, uh, 1996. <laughs> well, that's hopefully, I think it's coming out later on this year with whoever the ba- basketball person is. <laughs> we might, um, we might have a look then during Don't, don't during at me. Break. That's um, what they say on uh, the, LeBron James. LeBron, LeBron James. James. Okay, I don't thank know you. who Kendrick Lamar is, but I it's think not he him. was maybe another kind of person who played baseball and Kobe Bryant was the guy who passed away in a helicopter accident with his daughter. Oh, yes, of course. That was in, um, uh, last year. Yeah, terrible, terrible accident, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, well, we might take a short break. But yes. if you did want to uh, phone in for those uh, wonderful double passes to see Supernova, uh, you can do on the number 94942100. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show Another art film to talk about tonight mm. uh, called The Last Vermeer. So I don't know if you know anything about this film or what it's based on. But I just uh, know that Guy Pearce is in it and it has to do with uh, when the Nazis stole paintings during um, the war. Yeah, pretty much. Sweet. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Guy- that wasn't <laughs> sweet. That was really horrific. But the fact that you you, you know yeah. what the film is about, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So Guy Pearce uh, stars as Dutch artist and dealer Han van Margaren, uh, one of the most prolific art forgers of all time, apparently. There you uh, go. I had no idea. To, according to research, but uh, he may just be a prolific one and not the most prolific of all time. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he, he was really well known for selling forgeries of high quality pieces to Nazis during World War II, uh, including Vermeers. Mm. And, you know, uh, Vermeers included paintings such as the girl with the pearl earring, uh, Christ and the Disciples, uh, paintings that really focused on on people. Uh, so, I, I mean, I don't know a lot of his work. I mean, the girl with the, the pearl earring that's is pretty probably much, as far as I got. Unfortunately, that's all I know as well. <laughs> uh, but I had a bit of a squiz at his art and it's quite interesting. There's lots of pieces called the girl and the this and oh. the girl and that. So My my memory of um, 
Vermeer was being played by Jeffrey Rush. Ah. Oh. Didn't he play him when Scarlett Johansson was playing that girl? Potentially, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. We, we should be fired. We don't know what we're doing. We see so many films, we can't retain all this information. But, no. Uh, yeah, so basically uh, the film starts off a little bit slow, but it starts to get interesting when Han is charged with collaborating with the Nazis for selling uh, a Vermeer to Herman Goring, who was one of the most powerful leaders of the Nazi party. Mm. So he's facing the death penalty for selling Dutch cultural property to the Nazis. So he decides to confess to the less serious charge of forgery because obviously if it's a forged piece of art, then he's not going to face a death threat for that because it's not real. Mm. But because he's so good at forging art... It proves very difficult in court to convince people it is in fact a forgery. So that's where this court case is, trying to uh, persuade people to believe that this is actually a forged piece of work. Because he wow. was very good at um, creating these chemicals which he layered on uh, yep. layered on the art to make them seem 300 years old. Mm. So uh, all these traditional tests that these art dealers were performing to conduct to see if it was a forgery weren't really working mm. because he was so ahead of you making it so good. That's the same as like people who produce fake wine. Yes. It's, it's a crazy thing that people do. It's it's insane. I have a correction here, by the way. Um, in that film that I was talking about, Girl with a Pearl Earring, from 2003, by the way, um, was Vermeer was played by Colin Firth. Oh, so, cool. But I do know that Jeffrey Rush played some kind of artist at some point. I, I think there's been uh, a, another film called Vermeer, so maybe he, he played uh, Vermeer at some point or another artist. Oh, I'm going to keep doing uh, research. Yeah, actually, I think he did play an artist in something. Anyway. A crazy um, artist. There it is. There it is. I found it. Quills. Quills. Mm. Quills. And I don't think he was the, – oh, the Marquise de Sade. So oh. he wasn't really – I guess you could call him an artist, but he was a real creep <laughs> who wrote some really horrible um, – mm-hmm. so uh, I believe he wrote books about um, sadomasochism. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Oh, interesting. There you go. So, yeah, look, this is quite an interesting film. Uh, Han, this guy was very, I mean, in the film he's portrayed as a very likeable, charismatic character. He had lots of parties, lots of friends, lots of money. Uh, I think his estimated net worth for his forgeries was, you know, equivalent to about $15 million today, which was just absolutely insane. So it is more of a drama. It's not really a biopic, even though it's, based on a person, it actually chooses to uh, focus more on a protagonist that's been invented, uh, Captain Joseph Pillar, played by Clay's Bang, who leads the story and helps Han prove his innocence. So, yeah, this it makes it feel more like a an actual drama thriller uh, rather than a biopic. But I think it works quite well. So, hmm. Yeah, like I said, a bit slow, but I did enjoy the the court case stuff and this trying to prove that it's a forgery, not a not a real thing, and and so forth. And an interesting piece of history I wasn't aware of. So I'm going to score this one at three and a half paint brushes. Very original. <laughs> well, it it makes sense at least. Yeah. Um, I've just been madly trying to figure out how Instagram works. <laughs> um, I'm haven't figured it out. Oh, here we go. Share two. I think I maybe figured it out. Ah, yes, we are looking to share the tickets for Supernova yeah. to uh, Instagram and Facebook so that uh, people can jump onto those and hopefully claim them that way. It does look like a superb film. It does release on April 15th uh, and this is an admit two to go and see that. And it's uh, a story about a, a couple. Uh, you got Stanley Tucci and Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci's character unfortunately is um, grappling with uh, early early onset dementia. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like a, a quite a heartfelt story of uh, a romantic story as well. Mm. So. so it is up on our uh, Instagram so you can send a, a direct message to let me know your address and I can post it out to you. Um, after the show, I will post it on um, Facebook because right now I can't figure out how to do it. Because you normally see the thing is they've changed it. Don't change things on me. I'm old. Um, you Normally I would just like tick a little 
tag a little box thingy and it would then post on Facebook. Ah. But I've it, now um, the first thing that comes up is create a promotion. So I've done that and I'm like, what is this? And it hasn't gone to the Facebook page because I have done the wrong thing. But anyway, <laughs> this is why um, we don't post much because we don't know what we're doing. It's just annoying when something's perfectly fine and then they go and change it. I know. So. Seriously, don't do that. Um, anyway, so the we've ha- talked about the Oscars briefly last week. Um, they are happening on April the 25th slash 26th for us. I believe we're going to be able to watch it live because it will be falling on Anzac Day public holiday for us. Um, and as as an effort to try to see as many things as possible, I wrote down this massive list. I took a photo of it and put it on our Instagram but obviously didn't put it up on Facebook because I couldn't figure that out. But anyway, um, I'll get there. Um, I've been sitting there writing down all of the movies that I would like to try to see before the Oscars. Um, You see this list here. It's quite long. That is a very organised list. No, I don't know about that. It's colour-coded. Well, see, the thing is, what I've done is I've got the best pictures. uh, I've got other films nominated and they're either in like acting categories or animation, uh, cinematography because, you know, that's my thing, docos that I want to watch, short documentaries that I want to watch, short animated documentary, uh, (laughs) short animated films, short live action films, international films, writing and music. The music will be pretty quick because there's five songs and I can just listen to them. True. Um, And the... The other things I've kind of co- – they're colour-coded because it says whether I can find it on Netflix or Apple TV or Prime. Um, a lot of the this stuff I'm probably not able to see. Some of the stuff is out at the cinemas already, so I might have to just try to get myself into the cinemas. Um, but I have Netflix, I have Prime, I have Apple TV, so I can watch some of these things. And today um, I went on to YouTube because three of the nominated um, – short documentaries are actually up on YouTube. So I thought today might be a good day to try to watch a couple of them and tick them off my list. But the first one I watched was Colette and it's a so it, it, it's a French documentary and it's got this young girl called Lucy who works at like a Holocaust type museum in France and um, it, she gets in contact with this 90-year-old lady, Colette. She was part of the French resistance, you know, when the Nazis came in and her whole family was part of the resistance and as part of the resistance, her brother got taken off to a concentration camp and and died um, only, I think, three weeks or something before the the Americans uh, liberated them from the concentration camp. So really sad. So Colette... um, has never been there, never been to Germany. She's, she just, it's all just too upsetting. But because she comes in contact with this young lady, Lucy, they've decided they're going to go together. They're going to make this trip to this concentration camp. Um, and it's really harrowing to watch. Um, and it is, it, it's so striking. Like, you know, there are still people alive who's, still remember the war and she would have she was in her teens when it when her brother was taken away from her and it's still so raw like she's physically feeling sick just being in Germany and then being at the actual concentration camp itself is really really upsetting for her so I spent half of the thing bawling my eyes out and even though these events happened over 75 years ago some of the footage is really confronting, obviously, um, and it's just so upsetting to see somebody who's basically my nan's age trying to deal with something that happened 75 years ago and just she'll probably never get closure. Mm. Um, and then you think about the millions of people who have gone through the same thing and not got closure and you think about instead of these people just being these millions of people who who were put in concentration camps and died these horrible deaths, you, the documentary really humanises that element and kind of you just imagine there's somebody's son, there's somebody's brother, there's somebody you'd like. I'm sure this happens with a lot of things. Um, you kind of distance yourself because it is so... It's it's just too upsetting to think about, but it this documentary is really in your face. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, 
it's brilliantly done. Um, I've yet to watch any of the other um, documentaries, um, but a concerto is a conversation is also on YouTube and Do Not Spit is on YouTube. Um, the other two that are nominated, Hunger, Wo- uh, Hunger Ward and A Love Song for Letitia, or Latasha, sorry, I haven't been able to find them anywhere, so I might not be able to watch them, but... Colette's only 24 minutes. Uh, a concerto is a conversation is 14 minutes and do not spit is about 35 minutes. So have yourself your own little, um, you know, documentary short film festival at home and um, go through them. And then there's there's a few other bits and pieces that I'm trying to get my hands on. Um, as you can see, I haven't gone through the whole list but a lot of the stuff I probably won't be able to find or see. But, you know, I'm doing my best. Yeah, you can only get through so much. I actually wanted to set myself the challenge of watching all the best picture films Mm. uh, from the Oscar history. So starting at the first Oscars and moving my way up. So Some of them you won't even be able to find. I, I doubt it. You'd have to actually order them like as a DVD perhaps, or even not be able to... They yeah. might not even be able to... You might just exactly. not be able to find it anywhere. So, yeah. That's an interesting task. It is, and I think it would take me a while because, you know, you're looking at 90-plus films, but and like you say, I think a lot of them, majority of them are going to be really difficult to track down, so I think there's going to be more effort put into that. Than, yeah, than you probably spend more time trying to find them than, than watch them. Yeah. And also you almost need... A little bit of a separation between watching. You can't binge watch them, obviously. You can binge watch, yeah, all the Oscar films, yeah. Um, and some of them, like when you come to later years, would be very troubling to watch. Yeah, <laughs> probably because a, a lot of them are, you know, uh, biopics, and and some of them are upsetting. Yeah. To watch, but uh, I, yeah, that's a good challenge. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to be able to say I've seen all the best pictures. But then you'd kind of want to start going, oh, now I need to see all the best direct... And I think it would just spiral out of control. It, it you would. have to pick one thing. You, you, there's no way you could ever cover all of those um, topics, categories, films. So I think best picture is probably the, the best one to do. Uh, probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's a safe bet probably. Maybe I'll start... Um, Let's see how I go. <laughs> I'm going to have a look now at the uh, the best picture from the first year and see if I can find it anywhere. That's pretty cool because I actually don't know what it is. But <laughs> um, a film that's probably not ever going to be best picture. Oh, bad. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong. And it's not because it's a terrible film. It's just... It's, it's not actually, really Oscar bait, is it? It's not Oscar bait. No. But um, it's, it's, it's not terrible. So collectively there have been more than about 40 films made uh, about the giant lizard Godzilla wow. and the enormous gorilla King Kong. Uh, it's also not the first time the two have gone up against each other, first facing off in 1962 in a film called uh, Kong versus Godzilla. So there's just been a switch in the... The, the first mm. one there. So, uh, but interestingly, the 1962 film was the first feature uh, to to have both characters in color. So prior to that, they were all black and white films. Oh, okay. So there you go. Uh, but King uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. Uh, sorry, Godzilla versus Kong. Yes, not King get Kong. it right. I get mean, right. people won't be able to find it in the cinemas if you get it wrong. <laughs> Picks up after the events of Kong Skull Island, uh, which was released in 2017, and Godzilla, King of the Monsters, released in 2019. Now, for some reason, Godzilla is having a bit of a tantrum, uh, even though he helped defend humanity in the last film. Uh, And Kong is keeping to himself on Skull Island, uh, so he's sent to sort Godzilla out for his bad behaviour. this is the simple premise here. Okay. But um, unfortunately, the two have an ancient rivalry between them. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you're, trying to sa- you're trying to tell the story so seriously and I'm finding it difficult. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the, the kind of hilarity, isn't it? Because yeah. it is quite, quite a thing. So basically, if you're going to see a film about two monsters battling it out, so you can't take this seriously at all. No. So I think... The visuals are fantastic in this film. You know, the features on both the monsters, particularly King Kong, are just really cool. The CGI, all the fight battle scenes are great. But, you know, the narrative is very flawed. 
Yeah. I mean, it really is. Uh, there's plenty of action and I think that viewers going to see this film are going to get that because yeah. that's what this is. So, uh, you know, and for the most part, I was actually really enjoying this film, particularly the, the two main battle scenes between, between the monsters. There's one in uh, Hong Kong, like through the streets, which is really cool. Uh, the only issue I had with the film is it really steers into this science fiction realm. Uh, with like space travel and fantasy worlds, oh, okay. which I think is really not needed for a film about two monsters, yeah, fighting. It's so, like it's like sort of separate to 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 what it's always been. Yeah, it almost feels like they're just trying to create this alternate universe with the. But I mean, they might, and then we might get like a, a cre- the creature from the Blue Lagoon, yeah, come out, and Who it's knows? actually an alien. Who knows? But yeah, I think for the most part, I was I was enjoying it, and then it kind of yeah started to get a little bit too science fictiony for me, uh, and I just didn't think that was. Near. I think it just added too much to to what was already an in your face film. Yeah, so, yeah. Don't complicate it, guys. Yeah, don't complicate it. But look, it's not it's not awful. You've got a stellar cast. You've got Millie Bobby Brown, uh, Rebecca Hall, Alexander Skarsgård's in this, and you've also got uh, Julian Dennison who is the young Kiwi um, Kiwi lad. Young Uh, Kiwi lad. He's probably not that young He's probably not that young, but he brings a little bit of comical relief to this film. Yeah, obviously. So, yeah, look, overall, not a terrible film. It's doing quite well with the critics, believe it or not. So, Well, I mean, there's a a big audience for this kind mm -hmm. of thing. At the end of the day... We're not the audience. That's um, it. The, the movie has not been made for us. There's a whole lot of people who will really go out and and enjoy this movie for what it is. Mm. Um, so it's it's made for a reason. They wouldn't make it if people if if they didn't think there was an audience for it. And there certainly is. I mean, forty? Did you say forty five? Forty five m- movies that have been made about Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, more than 40. So yeah, you're wow. looking at it, yeah, over time, you know, off, off yep. those two characters collectively. Yeah, so mm. there's obviously an audience for it. I think it doesn't quite I quite like the Peter Jackson King Kong. Never seen that. Because it it's about a group of people who go to this island to make a movie and it's quite old and I I just like that feel. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a very monster based film where this just felt too much like a yeah science fiction based film but again you know I think people love their science fiction films so you've got to you've got to give the audience what they want and um you know if people want that then that's great so yeah not a terrible film I'm going to score this and not for the narrative completely based on the effects Mm. uh three neon lights Oh, very good. Three neon lights. So who knows what's next for Kong and uh, Godzilla. I feel sorry, though, for Kong. Yeah. He was played as the good guy in this film and he doesn't have any family. Oh. I almost wanted him to go back to the island and his fat. There's like a group of other... um, Giant. Giant. Gorillas. Yeah. Is it a gorilla? I say gorilla, but I wonder if he's an ape. No, he's got to be a gorilla. Well, an ape is a gorilla. Yeah, a gorilla is an ape. He, he, he an ape is a kind of uh, a thing that has no tail. See, I I only know this because I read a giant ape. There yes. you go. Yep. So it could be a gorilla. I only know this because I read a kids book that explained that monkeys have tails, and there's lots of different monkeys, obviously, um, and then apes have no tails, like. Ah chimpanzees and gorillas. I'm like, oh, well, look yeah, at me. Yeah. I learned something. So yeah. we're apes. We we're are. not monkeys. we got no tail. That's true. We're just but, um, big dumb old apes. Um, I did have a quick look while you were um, doing a little bit of that review. The first movie to win an Oscar for Best Picture was the silent movie Wings. Um, couldn't find it anywhere. <laughs> but to be fair, I wasn't looking very hard because uh, I wanted to come back and concentrate on the review as opposed to going off and, and going on the phone. There you go. So, task has already failed. Challenge failed. Well, I mean, you know, it's. I'm sure it'll be somewhere. A lot of, you know, a lot of those old movies people have uploaded to YouTube. That's true. So you might be able to find it there. Admittedly, that was the first place I looked and couldn't find it. But... Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> there's some scenes from it. You could watch oh, bits and pieces. P- piece it together as a film. Mm. But um, no, I'm sure there's some some way of getting it. So I'm, I might start my challenge uh, this week, and I'll, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Are you gonna start from the first one, I'm or are start. you just gonna like be like I can't find that one, so I guess I have to skip that year? I'm, I'll probably do it in a way that I'll start with the first one. I'll source it. And if I have to, say, order it for some reason, I'll move on to the next one Mm. that I possibly can, but I'll circle back. Um, So I'm going to print the list. I'm going to start it. I'm going to tick them off as I go. Oh, my God. Can you email me the list? I will. I'm interested to tick off the ones I've already seen. Obviously, the the newer ones I will have seen already. But did Gone with the Win win Best Picture? Oh, I'm almost certain. It, It did, yeah. Almost certain. So, yeah. yeah, there's definitely films there that I've seen. Like, I know that um, Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca I've definitely seen. And, oh, that and one, The Best Picture did yeah. it? So, Sweet. I mean, th- there's films throughout time that I've definitely seen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, admittedly, I'm definitely not going to see them all. So No, but you can do your, you your darndest. Exactly. It's, it's a job and a half, that is, I tell you. Holy moly, woman! That's you're biting off a, a bigger chunk than I would. Uh, like it's tempting. The idea of it is tempting, but life is also in the way of things. Life, <laughs> yeah, life. I have a job, I've got a child, I've got to sometimes sleep. Yeah, you so you know, sleep is important. It might take me the next ten years, but hey. oh my god, <laughs> yeah, we'll be interviewing you when you're forty and be like, so. Have and see, it's it? a job that never finishes because every year there's I another know, best picture. I know. So but I'm going to have to. <laughs> you'll be that really annoying person at the party. I've that- seen every Oscar <laughs> film. <laughs> and then somebody will say something, oh, yes, that one best picture. And you'll be like, uh, actually, no, um, the best picture for 1956 was actually blah. And people are like, wow, thanks for woman's planning. <laughs> Don't hang out with her. Oh, dude, I, sometimes I do get a little bit pretentious when it comes to films. Whatever, you so do not. When I'm talking with my friends, I'll be like, oh, this film was brilliantly made. And it's like, everyone's like, okay. Was it good or was it bad? It's just like, oh, and then you start going into more detail. But which is why it's great to have the conversation with you and Lewis because you both are very similar. We can dive into these things. We always like to say that we're reviewers, not Mm. critics, and we review for the layman. Yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff we don't know. And if you've been listening, you legit know that's true. We forget people's actors' names. We don't know who's in what. Um, we don't do any research. Why do you listen to this show? Honestly, <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. We don't, but we do provide uh, insight into to films from, yeah, a layman's perspective, I suppose. And yeah. You know, which is sometimes a good thing because there's nothing worse than listening to a critic uh, go into things like um, subtext or... Um, sometimes we do that though, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> or tone. tone. It's the tone of the film. I noticed it was quite blue. All the colours are quite blue. Which means it was related to this in some, I don't know. And, um, and then, I, then I noticed when they went outside, it was very orange. <laughs> Lots of orange <laughs> came. That would be the sun. The tooth. Um, <laughs> oh dear. Um, there are movies, though, that I do watch and go, oh, look at that, the tone of colour. Yeah. Everything's really toned down here. I, I'm thinking specifically of the Virgin Suicides yeah. where you, every time you're in their house, all the lighting and all the colours are very toned down and very blue. Mm. But when you see them go outside, all of a sudden it's like the colour is turned up and then because you've got the girls and then you've got the boys who are watching the girls and every time it's on the boys there's lots of orange and lots of light it's it's they're very different tonally interesting i wonder why so yeah we are well i mean obviously that the girls are like depressed and unhappy and living in an unhappy house and the boys are sort of like um voyeuristically watching them and wondering about them and they're at the height of their youth and, mm. you know, I don't know. So, yes, we do occasionally go into those conversations. We do, but, you know, it's always going to be easy for people to understand when we when we do those. So yeah. There we go. But we try um, not to be too pretentious. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Just mm. when, you know, 
Just well, on the odd occasion. Just on the odd occasion. It happens. So, but um, no, it's been a, it's an eventful show. We've it talked has. about lots. So um, it's been great. And on Saturday, I'm going to go see Supernova. And um, we do have tickets on Instagram. I will have tickets on, on Facebook shortly. So you can send messages uh, and we can post them out to you. You've, uh, I've got a little while. It's not out until April the 15th. So we've got a little bit of time before before you have to see it. Exactly. Um, and next Thursday, it'll be um, Good Friday Eve. It will. And, and we'll um, all be having big, fat, long weekends. And it will be nice because we'll hear from Lewis about Peter Rabbit, uh, which oh, yes. uh, hit cinemas officially today, but he will review it just in time for Easter, Yeah, uh, which will be good. And then I think and the school father, holidays. Yeah, and the, the father is also out next week. Um, there's a film called Voyages, I think might be the week after. Uh, yeah, so April the 7th um, is yeah. when the the film is excellent. previewing anyway. Ah, uh, so it might be the day after. In, in sexy Belmont um, cinemas. Ooh. I, I like going there for mm. one reason. They have uh, these chocolate-coated cherry things that I like to buy and eat a whole packet of. Oh. So... I just like it because it feels like it's my old stomping ground. That yeah. was like my local back in the day um, when Chris and I used to live up that way. But they have very comfy chairs. They and do. But it's a very long drive. So one hopes it's a good movie. Yes. But it's worth it for the, the, the cinema. I quite Every time I see one at Belmont, I'm like, yeah, I like Belmont. So it's good. Make a night of it. Um, make a night of it. But um, yeah, I, I think um, you and I will be at least able to give our listeners a little bit of a taste of Supernova next week before it's officially out anyway Mm. general thoughts and that way people might be able to claim the tickets next week prior to the release um after they hear what we initially think maybe i don't know and if you are enjoying our banter of course you are there's some issues going on there you need to probably see a therapist no. Um, my point being, we have another podcast. Uh, you may be listening to this live on radio but uh, or you may be listening to it um, through the podcast. You can find the rest of our podcasts on The Gentleman of Pop Culture. Of course, you've got um, Diz Down Under. There's like tons of those episodes and that is Lewis and Kat doing all things Disney. Um, there's always lots of news coming out with Disney so uh, it's always quite a packed show. And we've got Tangent City, of course, where we start with a premise and we tangent the whole time. Um, <laughs> on the weekend, we recently did a an episode on um, uh, movies that are problematic. Yep. And I was trying to think of the first one that we did. Oh, yeah, because we recorded two, two episodes. We did one on, yeah, problematic films and... <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh I just remember babbling about uh, about the Formula One um, show that I've been watching. The first one we did, Gee. And, and we made it a clean episode. We did so that we could. Um, I actually wrote no swearing on no the top swearing. of my my list. Oh goodness, my mind is completely ambiguous blank. endings. Ah, yes, of course, endings that we thought were um, open ended or ambiguous. Yeah, or had uh, multiple uh, interpretations. Yeah, things like that. So yeah, so that is um, you'll be able to download and listen to that on um, on Sunday coming up. So that's like the the twenty eighth. There you go. So if you are interested in um, getting in on that conversation, hop on there um, and look at all the rest of our podcasts on the general pop culture. Exactly. You can have a lot of look at Instagram. We don't do much on it. We Facebook, do more, we don't know we? much on it. No, because it's mine. Oh, I, I'm it the yours? one who's so, well, oh. I've, I've got the Instagram for unscripted. Uh, and uh, Kat's got the one for Tangent City. But basically, we're just not very good at doing And I don't contribute to that. I'm so sorry. I should probably uh, You do other stuff. You you do pitch in. You're the one who puts them online. When when it's late, you know. (laughs) Eventually. (laughs) It happens. I need to start. Sometimes I'll do it, like, every week I'll do it on time for, like, three weeks, and then, like, I'll stop for a week, and I'm like, ah. We we just need to be, uh, you just need to educate me. Regardless, there's so much content out there from us and our lovely voices. So apologies and enjoy. Enjoy. We will be back next week. Uh, Have a fantastic weekend. Goodbye. Bye-bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.